0: Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. That's where you can find me on Twitter. And this is the show where we go over yesterday's slate. We talk a little bit about today's slate. We talk a lot about DFS strategy. I answer your questions, I show off some tools, give you some tips and tricks. And uh, and you click and you click on the thumbs up button as always, but I just I still don't have any apple juice. I'm st- I'm still out of apple juice. We didn't get enough thumbs yesterday. Didn't get enough thummy thumbs yesterday for the apple juice to arrive. So we got to do an extra effort today. So hit that thumbs up button. Get me more apple juice. Hit the subscribe button if you're new. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. I see you guys in the YouTube chat. Suki Singh, Daniel Hutchins. Jerome Lewis, Frederick Dude, Card Fan, Pug Daddy, Matt Mears, Hog Lauren, Sam Deal, Just In Sports, Travis Ratliff, C. Brisk, first round exit, Max Coach. See you guys in there, right? Talk a little bit about yesterday's slate. Yesterday's slate. Uh, I did pretty well. I did well in cash, obviously, because a lot of the chalk got there, right? Uh, we got some Yankees, right? Stanton got there, Judge Home Run, Higgs, catcher for the Yankees. He had a home run, that was good, right? Gio really didn't get there, but I mean, it didn't matter in cash games. Javier did fine, right? I mean, for the most part, I mean, the the full Yankee stack uh, didn't get there. I don't think so. I mean, LeMayo had twelve, but really the whole stack. I mean, those three guys got there, but like Gio didn't do anything. O'Dor didn't do anything, right? Hicks, nothing much. Torres, eight points. You didn't need them, right? But that that was the chalk yesterday. Right. We had uh, yesterday was the Chalky stacks yesterday were the Yankees, the Angels and the Padres. Uh, Padres, I guess a little bit. Yeah, they came in a little higher on the ninth than I thought they would be. Right. We had Tatis at 24 percent owned. Then we had Cronenworth at 12. I thought that would be a little bit lower. Uh, obviously, the Yankees were the Yankees. OK, we, we, we don't have to say anything. Ursula. Uh, twenty-two percent owned. Stanton twenty percent, Higgs eighteen percent, Judge twelve percent. I mean, remember it's a thirteen-game slate. So I mean, this is heavily owned. And a pitcher, pretty much the stone chalk was was Giolito. Uh, they left him in for an inning too much, right? He would have ended up with maybe like twenty-two if it wasn't for that last inning. But still, it it wasn't necessary. He didn't get there, right? Not many of the pitchers did all that great. I mean, Javier did the best, I think, out of the bunch. Ian Anderson, right. Okay. He you need you pretty much needed him. Garrett Richards actually got a 33. He was 0.6% owned. But I mean, pretty much the chalk was Gio Javier Quintana, right? And then then we had some going down to Montes or Aaron Sanchez, I guess. I played some David Peterson, you could see here. Scherzer, on the other hand he was 19 point he was almost 20 percent owned i'm not sure about that he i mean he didn't get there he had five and five and a quarter points i mean cantana sucked okay so so that, that killed sp2 wise on uh on DraftKings on FanDuel. You probably didn't play cantana anyway Montes didn't have didn't have a great game i stacked i i stacked against most of these pitchers. right ian anderson i played the cubs even even with the Baez and bryant in the lineup i thought that was they were cheap enough maybe they get there that, that didn't work I stacked against Montes with, the, with the, the Rays. Neither side got there. And then I played some Blue Jays against Scherzer. Uh, I didn't play any Scherzer. You can see here, 0%. No Scherzer. I played 100 lineups on DraftKings yesterday. Because obviously once the, once the the entry fee gets cheaper, I'm more likely to, to multi-enter those contests. So I played 100 into this contest. I also had 25. I had 20 in the moonshot or whatever, the four seam or whatever the hell they call it. The 20 max contest than five single entry lineups. But we could see here across the board, we have like Noam saying and F.J. Bourne played a lot of non-Geo lineups. You could see here. But I mean, it's really in combination with what stacks you were going with. So like the reason why I had so much Geo is because I was, pl- I was barely playing the Yankees, barely. I mean, you can see here, I have 3% Higgs, right? I have 4% Judge. I have 6% Stanton and I X'd out the angels completely. So I had zero Otani. One of the main reasons that I X'd out the angels yesterday was uh, obviously I use the bat projections, which is uh Derek Cardi's uh, projection model, which you could which you could buy, which you could get on roto grinders. Uh, and it has a lot more variables. Cardi uh, does a lot, a lot more stuff. So, so sometimes there are discrepancies between the bat and, being higher or lower on certain players. Now, traditionally, if you've used the bat the past two years, it loves Otani. Like it doesn't, Otani could be 5,000, and it's still, the prior on Otani tends to be high. It is high. So it tends to like Otani, projects Otani better than most other models on on an average basis. Well, yesterday, Otani's 4,300. He's a lefty facing Fulton who historically is pretty, pretty splitsy, right? Doesn't do that well against lefties. So I'm figuring, oh, that the bat has to love Otani. Nope, didn't, right? Didn't at all. I mean, not at all. I mean, it was still fine, but nowhere near that. Like, it already treats Otani's prior great. And then now at 4,300, lefty versus Fulton No. Eh, average okay right primarily uh because uh culpa was behind the mound and faltenevich isn't as bad as people think so that that's like the reasoning behind it i don't need to know the reasoning but i know the reasoning behind it a very picture-friendly umpire one of the top one of the probably probably right underneath bill miller as far as the strike zone is concerned and the recent the recent uh, underlying stats for faltenevich are actually pretty good uh, but people like picking on him. So once I saw that and I saw the ownership on the Angels, I just said, screw it. I'm not going to play him at all. Not even as one-offs or any. It's a 13-game slate. I could do something else. So I just X'd him out completely. And I actually played Fulton in like 10% of my lineups. He didn't do that bad. He got like 17 points or something. So that was the reason behind that. And it's the same thing for Scherzer. Uh, because the bat tends to, tends to, it usually, when it comes to ballparks, weather, and umpires, it, out of all models that I've seen, it weights at the highest. So when any of those things are at it's more extreme levels, that's where the discrepancy comes in. And Toronto, maybe people forget, are not playing in Toronto; they're playing in Dunedin, in uh, in Florida, and that's like a minor league ballpark that's like a bandbox. So like the ballpark factor. For Toronto playing in Florida is right underneath Coors Field. Now, now obviously it doesn't have the Coors Field. The abfield Field is thirty percent bigger than like anywhere else, so it's a lot of doubles and triples. But uh, when it comes to the runs scored down in Florida, that's like the second best ballpark in the league. Now, Scherzer, yeah, he's a, he's a strikeout pitcher. His 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 uh, his velocity is actually down in, a mile and a half this year uh and he's a fly ball pitcher right typically if you make contact on scherzer it's in the air well that's 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 perfect for that ballpark right it doesn't mean he's going to get blown up or anything but toronto has plenty of power bats and they were fairly cheap right so i took a shot i didn't i didn't play many toronto stacks but i played a lot of three bands I played like 10% of my lineups. I had three mans. I Obviously the main guy that you needed was Guerrero. He had three home runs, right? But I played Tellis. I played Biggio. I played Bichette. I played Samian. I played whoever. Grichuk. Because I know they'd do barely be owned. And Scherzer was going to be 20% owned because of his name value. Then people would play Scherzer-Geo lineups and then I don't know what they would jam in. Jam in the cheaper Yankees. And then play like guys like Tyrone Taylor, like Milwaukee, which I did play a bunch of Milwaukee stacks. Taylor, Garcia, Bradley, Narvaez, whatever, whoever's in their their, their lineup. Then I also played a lot of Nats. My Nationals were my number one stack yesterday. So Trey Turner, Yadi Hernandez, Zimmerman, Bell, they are both first base eligible. Schwarber didn't do much. Right, Avila, a catcher, not really. That stack didn't get there, but for the ma- for the main reason that like like uh Trent Thornton and Tommy Malone were pitching for the Blue Jays, and the Nets were cheap. Other than Turner, they were cheap. But the bat actually had Turner as the highest rejected play. I think the highest rejected player on the slate, at least the highest rejected shortstop. So while everyone was playing like Tatis, I was playing Turner. So I I had a lot of exposure to Turner. Where's Turner here? Yeah, I had 12, in 12% of my lineups. I Kierma- Now, I had Kiermaier in 14%. He was leading off of the Rays. A lot of this, uh, a couple of these, I think six of these Kiermaier lineups were actually Dodger lineups. Because when the, the Dodgers lineup came out and uh, and Luke Raley wasn't in it, and Luke Raley's 2,300 on, on on DraftKings, Beattie started for him, but Beattie was 2,600. So I couldn't fit him beady in those lineups so i just had to make a global replace and i just put kiermaier there because kiermaier was like 2200 or 2300 the same price that's the only reason i still I, I played tampa bay that's the only reason why i have have as much kiermaier and you can tell when i'm saying as much look look at these percentages it's not like i'm playing a ton a ton i play a very diversified lineup set you can see a lot of sharper players do also there's some that play more condensed than others. But no one goes no one goes overboard on batters. Pictures maybe, but not batters. But we could say see here across some other sharper players. That look at look at like like Tatis. Like under, Ursula, under, Otani, under, Stanton, under, Higgs, way under. Nico Horner under like look look at how much yellow there is up in these higher owned from 10% up that isn't a picture so I'll even take off pictures let's take off pictures so look at this 10% up these were the the chalkiest batters on the slate most are at best with the field making I mean FJ Bourne made a bunch of Yankees lineups but not that many Going where the field is not. On a 13-game slate, having 20% owned batters seems nuts. Doesn't mean you don't play them at all. Well, Otani, I didn't play at all. But I mean, I was still playing Yankee. I was still playing three-man Yankee stacks. I was still playing Yankee one-offs. They were the highest rejected team on the slate. I get it. But five-mans, no. Same thing for the Angels. They were over-owned. But then you look down in, in this 4% range, this three, four. Look at all the green. Look, A's stacks, Canha here. Milwaukee stacks with Avicel Garcia. Mets stacks, maybe some some Dominic Smith. Astros with Alvarez over here. Brandon Lowe for the Tampa Bay. DJ Stewart. Baltimore stacks. Look at this level. Look, look at but look at, it's not just me. Look at across, across the board. White Sox stacks with Grandal. Here's Olsen for the A's. Look how many stacks you can make out of players on teams where you're, you're getting like 3 to 5% ownership. And you're not playing bad players. Mookie Betts was 5% owned yesterday. Austin Meadows. Lindor. Contreras, the Cubs stack. Rizzo, Alvarez, Alonzo, J.D. Martinez, if you want to play the Blue, if you want to play the Red Sox. Moncada for the White Sox. Dansby Swanson for the Braves. I mean, Schwarber for the Nationals. I mean, there was, we're not talking about bad guys. Real mute though. here's a catcher there. There you go. So it's not like you have to go, oh, I need to find the 1% owned ninth hitter, right? I need to play uh, Pablo Reyes. Although I did play three percent Pablo Reyes, right, the eighth hitter or whatever for the Brewers, Mauricio Dubon, like you have to go all the way down there. No, you could find, you could find two, three, four percent on guys in a stack, a team that's that less people are playing. And I play a lot of them, right? I played a whole bunch yesterday because I'm not playing. my My goal is the Yankees not getting there. Yanke- as long as the Yankees and the Angels don't get there, I got a shot. And But Gio kind of has to get there, but he didn't. He got there enough, but he didn't get there all the way. Then in my single-entry type of stuff, I'm more likely to have Yankees. I play the higher-owned lineups. My single-entry stuff mostly had Nationals. Like Nationals, Yankees. Who else did I play higher than most people yesterday? Washington. Yeah, it was mostly Washington. Baltimore. Chicago, Milwaukee, but most of my single entry stuff was nationals. And that, and that's why I did, I did pretty well yesterday. I mean, didn't win first or anything, didn't come top 10, right? I think in the large field, I think my best lineup came in like 59th or whatever. Profitable day, cash in a bunch of single entries or like three X in single entry. And on all three sites, all my cash lineups swept. It was good. So I mean, even with the some of the chalk getting there, but I mean, you, the chalk in and of itself didn't like hit. I mean, we have, well, this guy didn't win. I think Gerard or Ford, This guy won, Texas. Yeah, they yeah they they, they killed Quintana. We have one, two, three. It's a four, three, one. Toronto, Texas, Washington, with Bueller and Hauser. But I mean, that 1% don't 50, 50 burger from Guerrero, 2%, like you didn't even have Turner in here, right? Soleck like, had double, a double dong, right? If you could have a lineup with Guerrero, Solek and Turner, you won. But I mean, no, I don't know if anyone had that, but look at the point totals. I mean, on, 186, one uh, around there, that's a pretty contrarian slate, especially for some of the chalkiest players getting there but they got there with one home run. You can make that up, right? Oh, well, he didn't have uh, Stanton, who was 20% on. Yeah, but he got Gallo. He, he, got, he got a home run, right? He got Cavett Bigio's 13. Did he need Higgs? I mean, what other, ca- I mean, yeah, he sort 18, but did he need it? No. If he had Guerrero's 50, he didn't need anything. People still play too chalky. Ryan Edwards asks uh, hey Jordan when stacking are you more likely to use the starting pitcher from the team in your lineups or if it just if it happens if it happens yeah if it happens it happens I guess there I guess there's a there's some some small positive correlation there that if the stack goes off most likely the, the win but that's all it's, that's all it's, it's correlated to if anything the win not the pitcher's performance I mean we've seen games 12 to eight. Right? You stack the team with 12 runs, but you still have the pitcher that gave up six on the other side. So, like, the actual performance doesn't really matter, just those win points, which most of the time are pitchers are less than half likely to get the win to begin with. So, we're still talking about less than two points. Then maybe it's correlated what? Maybe the R is what? 0.2, 0.3? Maybe at best maybe 0. 0.3, 30% or something of two. I mean, we're talking about maybe correlation of what? A third of a point, half of a point. I mean, yeah, it's better than nothing, sure. But it, it's at that level where if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna force it or anything. Oh. Michael Lindelfenter said, I saw you were over 100% on all three slates yesterday. You were playing the same lineups. What did you do to get 125 percent ROI on FanDuel? Well, I enter it in in small field GPPs, especially especially uh, later and uh, like right, right before lock, like 15 minutes before lock. You could find those like one dollar, like 297 man like single entry, the sack bunt or whatever. There's a two dollar one. I don't know what it's called on FanDuel. A lot of times I, I enter I enter my cash lineup and. If it's going to ov- possibly overlay or at least get a little bit of you know, rake reduction, I just throw it in there. It represents such a small fraction, less than 1% of my volume. So whatever. It's the, Yes. Is it is it the best type of lineup for a 300-man contest? No. But if I'm only going to pay like 3% rake or less, then who cares? Okay, whatever. Throw it in. So yeah. So I I, I think there was a $10 one that overlaid. Barely. I mean, like it was like a 58-man contest. I think it filled with like 48 or something. I think my lineup won that contest. So that that gets you not double your money. That may get you five x, ten x on that ten dollars. So that's where the where the ROI could be over 100. Paul Adair. I capped my max lineup ownership at 140. Ran lower owned stacks. White Sox, Diamondbacks, Orioles, Mets, Cardinals, Giants. In twenty max, didn't do great. A well try game, yeah. Well, you pick right, you pick some stacks and see what happens. I played the White Sox, I played the Orioles, I played the Mets, and I played the Cardinals. The Diamondbacks and the Giants weren't in my pool. But, I mean, you could have played. There's nothing wrong with it. I did. They didn't. They didn't come up high enough. So at some point, I got to cut it off, right? But most of those stacks, I actually didn't. I, in Baltimore, I played a bunch of. Let's see, Baltimore. So I didn't play much of much of the other ones. White Sox. No, the, the other ones, I, I, I had a couple of stacks of, but not much. Uh, let's see. Nate Branchaw, did you play any Texas versus a Chalky or Cantana? No, I played Cantana. That's what I did. Since I was already building a lot of lineups that didn't have Yankees or Angels in it, I saw no need in those lineups to be even more contrarian. So let me just, I'll just play, I'll just play the truck pitchers in those lineups. The best projected pitchers, Gio, Quintana, Javier, because that's what I did. If I decided to play Angels or decided to play more Yankees, then I may have considered the Rangers and made Rangers lineups and played less Quintana. Could have done that. It was a decision I had to make with Ian Anderson and the Cubs. Do I play Ian Anderson or do I play the Cubs? I chose to play the Cubs. Oh, well, that's the way it works out. Uh, Johnny Ortiz, quick soccer DFS question. Where'd you rank soccer DFS in terms of importance of correlation? Lower? Not as not as high as baseball, but not as low as basketball. The problem is, is that in soccer, like in, at least maybe not in MLS because they award two assists sometimes. Uh, it's not every goal has an assist. So like typically... Typically, the the correlation in soccer would be goal and assist. That could come from anyone. There's no, like, specific person. Uh, And then defender and goalkeeper, because they both have clean sheet bonuses for a shutout. So usually in soccer DFS, if I'm playing GPPs, I will pair a defender and goalkeeper together. There's a lot of times the defenders are, like... There could be 12 defenders on the slate. They're all about projected the same. So when in doubt, just pair it with the goalkeeper, right? Sometimes you play two of them and the goalie. You could do that. You'd stack them up. Goalkeeper and two defenders. Maybe even a goal squad, sc- a forward. You go defender to forward goal. It's a one-nothing game and the clean sheets and everything. But then the rest of the spots, you fill it whoever you want you probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't play players against, you don't play players against your goalkeeper, a goal scorer against your goalkeeper. You don't do that, but it's not stacking in soccer is not, is not like a thing you can do it. It's just higher variance. You don't see many soccer games that are five, nothing that stacking six, six guys from a team or you score enough points. Now there's some games. Some in the in, in the international games. Sometimes you get Germany versus the Faroe Islands, and the, the the line on the game is like six and a half. And it's not six and a half because it's going to be six to one or something. No, Germany's probably going to score six, seven, eight goals. Like then, then, then now everyone's now, now you play six guys from that team. But most 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 uh most goal lines in in soccer are like two and a half. And then they also have substitutes. So, you know, yeah, sir, a guy can come in and score a goal, but no one rosters those guys. So no, so correlation is not, it's not, it's not that important. There is correlation, but it's not the be all end all of anything. Jenna Sandy says, uh, Jordan, I think I remember you saying that you don't like playing three outfielders from the same team. Is this still true and why? Still learning. Uh, on DraftKings, on FanDuel, you could do it. FanDuel, you don't mind because you have a utility position. On DraftKings, there is no utility position. Outfield has the highest opportunity cost because you could roster three. And let's say on yesterday's slate, there's 13 games, 26 teams. Okay. Now, out of all the 20, that's, there's 26 shortstops, there's 26 first basemen, right? If I roster Freddie Freeman and you roster another Reese Hoskins, you can't, bo- you can't have both of them in your lineup. So if Hoskins hits a home run and I have Freeman, as long as Freeman hits a home run and gets the same amount of points, like I'm not behind, right? As long as I get a home run out of my first base spot, I'm good. Okay. We'll, we'll get to the outfield. I'll, I'll, this is why I'm explaining this. Because no one on DraftKings could roster Hoster, Hoskins and Freeman in the same lineup. FanDuel you can because you have a utility spot. But in DraftKings, you can't. So it's very positionally locked. Now, obviously, if you have a first baseman outfielder, a second baseman shortstop, yeah, now they could fill multiple two positions. The guy's second base or shortstop eligible, and you have... Two of them, hit, two shortstops hit a home run, but one is also second base eligible. Yeah, you could, someone could have both of them in your line, in their lineup. But for mo- the most part, on DraftKings, there isn't as much multi-positional eligibility and no utility slot. So the outfield, there's three slots there for 26 teams, right? So we're talking about what 78 outfielders. That are in play. What are the ch- and you could you whatever three highest scoring outfielders could be rostered, no matter what teams they're on. Right. So yesterday, you know, I mean, if we take a look at outfield yesterday, I don't think any outfielder like went nuts. Yesterday, I don't think so. Let's see. I mean, we can't sort by fantasy points. Tyrone Taylor, twenty four. Gallo had 18. No, one really, no, no one really went nuts. But like someone could have Stanton, Hernandez, and Walsh in their lineup. Or Taylor and Harper. Like you can make so many combinations of outfielders. So if you stack with three outfielders from the same team, you're locking yourself out from so many other outfielders that if one of these outfielders puts up a 34-point score at decent enough ownership, Someone will have like a 4-3-1 lineup or a five-one-one-one with that guy in another stack that beats you. So if you stack with three outfielders, you're hoping that the scores are actually low on that slate, that it doesn't matter that you may have a five in an outfield spot or that all the three outfielders from that stack do well. There's more opportunity because there's more outfielders that can beat one of your guys scores. So if you're building with three outfielders in your stack, you're locking yourself out from any of the one-offs being an outfielder. And there are a lot of good hitting outfielders. So that's the main reason. Doesn't mean you can't do it. Just less inclined to do it. Chris Gallagher asks, uh, Jordan, have you noticed much of a difference on FanDuel this year with their new roster rules? Yeah, it's, just, it's easier to make, it's easier to make uh diversified stacks now on FanDuel easier there are more stack combinations because depending on the slate especially in like these small to mid-sized slates five to eight games like if you do four four and you and you you set your minimum salary at like 49.5 or something or whatever and whatever it is on FanDuel 34.5 you could make you can make and there's only a certain amount of combinations that do that but once you add in the utility, which was already there, but once you add in the position, the multi-positional eligibility, you can like, you can make a lot more combinations, which, which I don't mind. So now I can, I can make four, four lineups and save for four, three, one lineups. So, so many more different types of them that you couldn't do before because of multi-positional. Because someone's eligible at second and third. So now I could play, the second base one off or the third base one off in that lineup. I'm not locked. Because let's say I mean like the guys that are like automatically like Corey Seager. Like if you play a Dodgers stack, you're going to be filling your shortstop spot most likely, right? Padres stack, you're most likely filling a shortstop spot. They're single positional eligible, but we have some teams with multiple positional eligibility. You can make a lot more combinations. So to, to me, that's the biggest difference. I never liked FanDuel that much with the four-man stacking, four-four lineups. There, there are some slates that you take like the the top eight projected teams and make as many four-four lineups, and you, you almost can't unless you unless you're going way under the salary cap, right? You're purposely paying down a pitcher, right? You go, I'm going to mix in all the pitchers and leave three thousand on the table. You could do that. But you get to the point where, you know, you, you actually have to, you actually have to think about duplication, right? You're on a six game slate, seven game slate. It's like, if I make four, fours, like, it's quite possible that some of my lineups are actually duplicated four or five times. Do I prefer four, four or four, three, one? It's whatever, it's whatever it goes, whatever, whatever. There's no prefer, whatever, whatever projects the highest for the lowest ownership. Done. That's it. I keep on repeating this day after day. MLB DFS, do not overthink it this much. Like that is overthinking it. Like whatever way you think about MLB DFS, you're probably overthinking it by 10 10 times the amount that you should be. 10 times. NBA DFS, you could think of like that. MLB DFS, you can't. You shouldn't. It's worthless. Just don't even bother. Should I make a four four or four three? If you if if you're even pondering the question, it doesn't matter. Like that that's how little of a difference it matters. I know I repeat myself over and over and over again. But you'll get better once 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 you un, once you understand how sharp players play. You think any of these guys are looking at spin rates of fastballs or no, they barely even know what these guys look like. Or they don't even watch the games. But they make all the money well how do they do that well everyone's gonna play the Yankees, so i am going to play someone else well who do i play well, let me take a look at the projections oh the projections like the nationals today in comparison to their ownership i'm gonna play a bunch of nationals well how many nationals should i play well five of them on DraftKings. okay which one should i play should i play bell or zimmerman whichever one fits <laughs> who should be in the other three spots Whoever fits that keeps my lineup under an ownership level that projects well. Done. Whoever, whoever. Right. I could probably. I'd Stanton in some Nationals lineups. Right. How would I get Stanton in a Nationals lineup? Well, I mean, the Nationals five man is low owned. Right. Well, Stanton's twenty percent owned. Yeah, but what happens if uh, that, that lineup doesn't have Lucas Giolito in it? I'm losing 57% of ownership from there. Well, now I now I can play Stanton and Judge in that lineup. Right? Now I can now now I can play Higgs, right? I can play a chalk catcher. I can play a chalk outfielder, because I'm playing a lineup with uh with with Fulton-Evich and and Quintana in it. Obviously that didn't get that wouldn't have gotten there. But that lineup would have been fine. Stanton wouldn't be in a lineup where I'm playing uh, a Nationals five-man with Gio plus Javier plus, uh, plus a, a Tyrone Taylor one-off or something like that. 10% one-off Brewer, right? Because th- the lineup would be too old. So Stan wouldn't get in those lineups. Lineups, not players. That's what you're building. So which one do you, when people, well, which one do you do? Whichever one you want. With, they're all about equal to each other. Now, if he ran out the if ran out of sim or something like that, maybe they wouldn't be exactly equal. Though, you'd be, be directionally right. There's one thing yesterday, uh, in the in the Roto Discord, people built Tampa built Toronto Stacks and didn't have Guerrero and didn't have Vlad Guerrero. How do you, how do you build Toronto stacks and not have? How do you, how do you build ten? Toronto stacks and have zero with Guerrero in it. That means you screwed up. That means you don't know how to use, use an optimizer properly, but what would be the reason? This is, this is when, when optimizers go bad, but it's not really the optimizer's fault. It's the user's fault. It's always the user's fault. Remember the optimizer is a calculator. The reason why, if you went in yesterday into lineup HQ or any optimizer or whatever and went in and you said I'm going to play 20 lineups and I'm going to play I'm going to play all 20 Blue Jay stacks five man just give me 25 man Blue Jay stacks you would have gotten zero Vlad Guerrero out of in your 20 lineups why oh the optimizer screwed me no it's not the optimizer's fault that's what you told it to do To give you the best median projected lineups for a five-man Toronto stack. Now remember, yesterday, Guerrero was like 5K or something? 4,700? Tellez was like 3,400. They both play first base. They both are eligible at first base. Tellez's projection was about the same as Guerrero's projection. So if the the projection was like 9 well, nine median points at forty seven hundred versus nine median points at thirty four hundred. Well, you're the op, you're telling the optimizer because you're not telling not telling it otherwise to give me twenty lineups that have the most amount of this column in it. That's it. It doesn't know just this number column over here. Does that points column? Give me the twenty highest until told otherwise. Give me the twenty highest. Well, it's going to start jamming and tell us was the highest point-per-dollar projected player on the Blue Jays. So in the first 20 lineups, that five-man stack is going to be Tellez. It's going to be whatever the Blue, the same five Blue Jays, and then it's going to mix up the other three spots. Let's say you're playing a 5X, 5-1-1-1. It's going to throw in Tyrone Taylor. It's going to throw in Kevin Kiermaier. Some 2K outfielder, Yadiel Hernandez will be in that lineup. And then it'll go to the next one. And it'll go, okay, the best projected Blue Jays the same five guys, and then change one of them. Change one of the one-offs to something else. Change the, instead of Quintana, instead of Gio, Javier, Tyrone Taylor, it's now going to be like uh, like uh, Gio, Quintana, and a higher price, and, and, and Bryce Harper or something, or whatever, some high price hitter. And that'll be the second lineup. And then I'll go to the third lineup. I want the highest median projected lineup. Oh, what's that? And give you the same five Blue Jays again. Maybe by the sixth or seventh lineup, it'll give you, instead of Gritchuk, it'll give you Guriel, right? Because that's the next high. And then combine that and then still give you Yadi Hernandez or someone, still give you the, the Geo Javier combo, right? And it's going to do that 20 times. When does it get to Guerrero? Well, it doesn't get the Guerrero. So you're like, but I want, but I want Guerrero in some of my lineups. Well, then go and put them in percentage, put a in exposure percentage on it, right? If you're playing 20 lineups, you're like, I want Guerrero in at least four of them. Okay. What's a percentage of that, right? You're playing 20 lineups and you want them in four of them. Well, that's 20% of the lineup. So put the, put the, you go here and you put the number 20 in the min percentage column. Now you're telling the optimizer, okay, I want the highest meeting projected lineups. That have a five-man Toronto stack, and twenty percent of them have to be Guerrero. So it's going to go to those. Th- it goes to those twenty lineups and goes, goes. Well, these are the twenty pies projected, but I don't have four Guerrero lineups. So it's going to go and find the four best projected Guerrero lineups and give them to you, even though it's not it's not the top twenty because you're you're intervening. You're saying these are the variables that I want. Now start jamming these median fantasy point columns in. Now, obviously, the Guerrero lineups don't have TELUS in it because they're both, they're both only first base eligible. So most likely those lineups are Biggio, Bichette, Guerrero, Gritchak, Kirk or something, or whatever, catcher. And then three one-offs or whatever. So it's like whatever you tell the optimizer to do, it'll do. But you have to, know, you have to be aware of those situations. Like if we take a look today, I, I've not looked at today. So this is draftings today. Let's go to, it works in two ways. Let, let, let's, let's go in this direction. So here we go. Here, oh, we could do it for Toronto again. They're, they're facing Fetty, who's horrible, right? Toronto's 5.3. Let's take a look at the order right here. So look, you have two first basemen. From a point per dollar perspective, TELUS is way better. See, TELUS, 3,400. 9.61 Guerrero is 10.28 sure but he's 5,700 so if I want to get a five-man Toronto stack if I don't say anything else it's most likely going to give me the highest point per dollar guys my stack may actually be one four seven eight nine right it may do that because look at these point per dollar it's not going to give me much semi semi so if I build, let's 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 literally do that. I'm going to build 20 lineups. This let's do 20 lineups. Just one unique. It doesn't matter. And I'm going to do a five man. Just five X. Five X. Toronto stack. Okay. Look, 100% Jansen Tellez Biggio. I get no Guerrero, right? Because why would I? But if you didn't pay attention, if you don't, like don't know how, know how math works, right? You barely get any semi. You don't get any Semyon, right? Because you're getting Bichette there, right? Toronto the line the well, because is the second baseman, It doesn't project that well. But you're playing twenty light. Well, then Semyon hits two home runs, and you're like, "Well, I don't have any Semyon." Well, let's see. The, let's do the exact example that I showed before. You put twenty percent in, right? I'm telling it. I don't care if it's not the highest projected. I, I, I want Guerrero in my lineups. So I'm going to build 20 here. Right? You go down here. Here's Guerrero, 20%, four lineups. You even take a look at them. Rodon, Glasnow, Jansen, Guerrero, Panic. See, it's still trying to jam in the highest point-per-dollar guys, which are at the bottom of the order. Right? You have Pat Valeka as a one-off. Do you want that? No. Well, then, then do something about it. OK. So you can't just go in and say, just give just give me whatever it gives me. I mean, you could just don't complain about it. That's what the, you're, it's doing what you tell it to do. Let's say let's say you don't want to have Danny Jansen because he's 2K and he's a catcher. Catcher is typically a weak position. So you're like, well, now I'm going to have Danny Jansen in all 20 lineups. Because he's the highest point per dollar guy because he's, he's 2000. Let's say you at least want to have some non-Jansen lineups. So maybe you cap them at 80%. You don't mind them in most of them, right? Maybe, do you want Joe Panic in all of your Toronto stacks? No. Maybe you only want them in 20%. So there you go. So now I'm setting max percentages on that. Then I run it again. People that have high point-per-dollar values... The optimizers, obviously, because he's trying to give you the most amount of median points, it's going to jam more of those guys in. Guys that have lower point-per-dollar value, they still have high ceilings, right? We saw Guerrero. It's just that he's expensive. So his median projection is not as good for his price. So mathematically, the optimizers just, I'm just, I'm just doing math. I'm not going to use this guy, because there's a, there's a, there's a better five-man combination that has higher median fantasy points. So you have to tell it otherwise. So look, I set panic, panics only at 20% now. I made sure I have at least Vlad Guerrero in 20% of my lineups. Danny Jansen at most in 80%. So I have at least four lineups that don't have Jansen in it. So I'm making 20 Blue Jays five man stacks. Look, I even get a three guy here, right? Odor Torres Stanton, right? Pat Faleka as a one-off. Do you want that? Do you want Pat Vileka as a one-off? The answer is no, then take him out. Do you want to make these types of lineups? Rodon-Glasnow. Do we have have two two pitchers? Right. Rodon-Glasnow is in all of your your lineups. Maybe you don't want 100% Rodon. Maybe you don't want anything more than 60 of either of these two pitchers. Well, you set a cap on them. They're obviously the highest point-per-dollar pitchers, so... The outdoor is going to jam them in unless told otherwise. So let's say I set them at 60%. Let's say even 80%. let us say we don't mind. We don't mind a whole bunch of this. So get Marquez here and run 20 again. Right? Now we're getting some Alex Wood in there. Still have 100% BJ. 100% Odor. Do you want 100% Odor one offs? Because we're using the bat projections. There's no way a $3,500 Odor batting fourth. Is not going to be jammed in there. Do we want 100% Odor one-offs? No. But why why is it happening? Because Odor has the highest point per dollar projection. So the, the optimizer's looking to optimize for that number until told otherwise with the concessions. The optimizer wants to give you as much tell as a no Guerrero, but you're telling it, I don't mind lower numbers as long as it adheres to my, the variables that I put in. So maybe I don't want Odor in all of my line. Yeah. All 20 lineups. Maybe I only want them in 20% of my lineups. Do I want Cavon Biggio in all of my Blue Jay stacks? Maybe not. We we'll gonna have a diversification. I'll put that down to 80. Guriel, maybe 80 also. Just make sure we get uh, some diversification. So we only have 20% panic though. So I'll run it again. Here we go. 80% Biggio. Jansen, Tell is 80%. We don't have to worry about that because, right, because we're pushing up 20% Guerrero. Odor is now not in all of my lineups anymore. I mean, I still get plenty of Yankees. I get Nico Horner as a one-off. Pat Faleka, maybe I just X him out. Maybe I don't want him at all. Andrew Knizner, Knizner, whatever his name is. Odebel Herrera, right? So whatever these point-per-dollar cheapos, it's going to try to jam in. So maybe you get rid of them. Do you want Pat Faleca as a one-off? X amount, if you want. Maybe you do, maybe you don't mind. Okay, then fine, then do it. But this is what I mean. Understanding how the math works out even before you press the button, you're wondering, why am I getting so much of X? Or why aren't I getting so much of that? It's, it's, it's all math-based. Well, I'm getting so many Yankees. Yeah, because they project well. Why am I getting Rodon and Glasnow in all my lines? Yeah, because they're the two highest projected pitches, point per dollar-wise. So if you want to go... In here, we look sort by point per dollar. Look, Herrera, Jansen, Odor, Frazier, Tellez, Stewart, Hayes. Here's Valleca down here, two point six three. From the, the, they're so cheap, so their point per dollar value is so high that from a median perspective, not a ceiling perspective, but a median perspective, the math says until you tell me otherwise, I'm just I'm gonna give you a lot of these guys. So if you're wondering, if you're building lineups, you build 100 lineups, you know, like, why do I have Odubel Herrera in 20 out of 100 lineups? It's That's the reason. It's 2,000. This projects for 6.58 at 2,000 in the outfield. So here's a 5-1. So let's say I take away the Toronto. Let's say I just take it away altogether. Let's reset this. Let's reset this. Where am I going? I can just reset instead of all that. Reset MLB settings. Get rid of the exposures. Get rid of everything. Okay. We got that done. Okay. I'm going to produce 100 lineups. 100 lineups. Keep the salary. 49.5. Whatever. One unique player. That's fine. Let's go to the stacks. Let's make five man stacks with three one-offs at 100%. And I don't care who it is, right? So I'm just building whatever. I still have to modify my player pool. I'm telling you what to do, okay? I'm going to build 100 lineups. Just give me the best five X lineups based on the bat projections as of 11:49 a.m. That's it. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what teams. I don't know how much of one team. Have not nothing. I guarantee you, I'm going to get a whole bunch of Herrera, Jensen, Tellas one-offs, Odor. I mean, either I'm going to get Blue Jays stack. I'm going to get tons of Blue Jays, Yankee stacks, and Baltimore one-offs, and Herrera one-offs, and whatever, right? So here, in 100 lineups, Odor is in all of them, <laughs> okay? Here's the stack summary. It's, it's all. It's all Yankee stacks, right? It's literally all Yankee stacks, literally. The top 100 lineups are all Yankee stacks, Right? Here we go. DJ Stewart, 19%. Oduble Herrera, 15%. Horner, 11%. Vileka, 7%. Jansen, 6%. Because it's filling in the top point-per-dollar players, right? Into your lineups. Into all of your Yankee stacks. So if you just press the button, that's what it's going to do. So you have to tell it otherwise. Do I want this much Oduble Herrera as a one-off in all my lineups? Because he just happens to project for six median points at 2K? probably not so you have to mat you have to five whatever x them out if you don't want them at all you have to intervene it's, it's just doing the math it's not giving the optimizer isn't giving it doesn't have a brain it's not giving you this well it's giving you that well it's only treating it as a median you're playing for ceiling in gpp so you don't care about the median so you're either xing these guys out you're capping them People that don't know how to use an optimizer strategically correctly are going to have a ton of these guys. Maybe they'll be over-owned because of that, right? Odor is going to be 27% owned because he's 3,500 and he projects for what, eight points or something? What is his point point-per-dollar projection? This is based on him batting fourth though. 3,500, He's a 9.9 point-per-dollar projection, right, 9.9 median, 2.83. Yeah, he's going to be like 30% owned today on a 10-game slate. Because his median is that high. Does Odor ever score nine points? No, of course not. He scores fourteen or zero or something, right? The fact that he got a walk yesterday was ridiculous. Yeah. Oh wow, that was a treat. So when people say the optimizer gave them this, it's no, the optimizer didn't give you that. You gave yourself that. It's only doing doing what it tell but you tell it to do. But understand that's why it's doing it. So when you're thinking of, why am I getting so much of this? Why am I getting no Vlad Guerrero yesterday? Well, you should have known before. You should have known that already. And people are uploading their lineups. And they're like, oh, oh I have a bunch of Toronto lineups. And uh, whoa, why, why don't I have any Vlad Guerrero? Like, dude, how would you not recognize that before, you, uh, before, you, before the slate lock? Did you want that? Well, apparently you do. You're complaining about it. So that means it's your problem, not the, not the optimizer's problem. Who just enters lineups without thinking. I mean, what I do, uh, we now have on the on the lineups page. This is not really that much of a feature. You can now sort by any of these categories. They they don't sh- they don't show the little arrow here, so you wouldn't have known. So used to you typically it it would always show by count. So like how much you have of someone, right? So you could sort by up or down, right? Oh, up or down, projected ownership, up or down now. But you could also do by team up or down. I specifically requested this because of what I do, right? Team up or down. Because now I can go through and make sure that I have certain guys. It's easier this way. You, know, you couldn't sort by this on the my lineups page. It made it much more difficult. So like yesterday I made Toronto stacks and I sort by my lineups and I go, are there any good players that are just not showing up? I saw that because of Brad Miller or whatever. I wasn't getting enough Hoskins. I, I played a couple of uh, Phillies stacks. But I only I, I had like six Phillies stacks and only one had Hoskins in it. I'm like, that. no, I don't want that. So I bumped up. I put a min, min ownership on them, min exposure. That's what I do. I go through or you go through and... In my brewer stacks, I had Tyrone Taylor in like literal in all of them. So it's like, oh, I'm playing I'm playing 14 brewer stacks and I've tailored all 14. Now maybe I want that. But maybe I want a little bit more diversity. Some non-Tyrone Taylor brewer stacks. So I cap, I put in a cap, a max cap. Just to make sure that should get a little bit more diversification. So, it's not just giving me the same five players. It's going to give me the same five point per dollar players. So, going through. So, this is easy. So, now I could sort by this and I could just go through and go, you know, why am I not getting enough of this guy or enough of that guy? And then put in some mins and maxes. Can I even go back? Can I go back to yesterday? Let's see. Does it save my stuff from yesterday? I don't even know. Let's see. Let's see if it saved my decay slate from yesterday. Historic. No, it doesn't say it doesn't save my exposures or anything. Or did I reset everything and it doesn't matter? Did I do it to myself? I guess I did it to myself. Oh, well, let's today. But I do that's what I do. So, like that build button, I build like 20 different times till I get the lineups that I want to play. Not just like, oh, I'm going to put in some numbers and press the button and whatever it gives me. Why do I have 71% audible Herrera? And why do I have 48% odor? This optimizer sucks. Like, no, it's the math. You told it to give you that. You told it. You were the problem. Let's see. Let's see. Going through Going through some of the old, whatever. Let's see. Whoa, going through Daniel Hutchings, Jordan, Jordan, do you think the edge in MLB might be smaller than in other sports because it's harder to make truly tolerable lineups? Uh maybe a little. The variance is higher. So, like, yes, yeah, so it's gonna it, even a bad lineup could win in MLB. But I think over, over a large sample size, I think the edge in MLB is maybe even higher than NBA. Even even using the same projections. Because look at look at the things that people do. Look, I explained, I went through all of this. The stuff that people still do wrong. Let's see. Oh, Brandon Sailing says, Hey, Jordan, I just wanted to say thank you. You completely changed the way I viewed and thought about DFS. Last night, I finally put it all together and took down the 200K rally cap. You took it down, Brandon Sailing? Is that you up there? Was it one of these lineups? One of this? Well, congratulations. This is the rally cap, right? You took it down. We didn't have an update. Like, it still still shows some PMR left. Who won this? Someone I thought Jared Farr won this. That's what I thought. Are you Jared Farr? Well, whatever. Congratulations. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Nate Branchar, are you more likely to only play nine hitters on home teams in a stack? Well, they tend to this the lower order hitters of a home team tend to project slightly lower as it is. So it already is taken care of in the projections. But from a ceiling perspective. Yeah, I'm less likely. Because you have to think ceiling-wise, if they put up 12 runs, most likely they're leading into the ninth inning and the lower order hitters are less likely to get an extra at-bat. But still, if they put up 12 runs, the lower order hitters probably got four or five at-bats as it was. So it's not like it's there's a trade-off there. But no, I'm less likely. It doesn't mean I don't. It depends on their price. depends on the position. Right? I'm less likely to. But I mean, it, the projections already take care of that. If it happens, it happens. Remember, I'm building a bunch of lineups. Whatever, if the lineup makes sense, it makes sense. Right. Daniel Hutchings even says it in the in the chat. Right. The plate appearances are already built into the projection. Do 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 do. Brian C says, "I'm new to the optimizer. What's a tip to help me get started?" Probably uh, watch all the Roto Academy videos. If you have if you it's if you subscribe to Roto Grinders, if you're a premium member. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. There are video, there are tutorial videos. There's so many of them. Not just baseball, but in all of them. But I did a couple in baseball. I know Brit has and Cards has. There's We did them a year ago, two years ago, whatever. We show all the features of Lineup HQ. There are tons of videos behind the paywall. Learn how to use it. So there's the experiment, if anything. Let's see. Anything else before we get out of here? Paul Adair, in 20 max, is there ever a point where using too many pitchers is bad? Or if a one-off pitcher makes a lineup construction work, it's okay. It's, okay. it's lineups. You're talking about diversification. That's not a strategy. Use whatever line, whatever. If you're using the same two pitchers in all 20 lineups. That's fine. The lineups make sense. Just understand that your portfolio is now higher variance. If one of those two pitchers bombs, all 20 of your lineups are dead, which is fine right it'd be dead or they all do great so just a higher higher variance it's just like how many stocks do i buy well you could buy one stock and have that be your whole portfolio but if that company goes out of business you're dead If the company goes to the moon you make a lot of money but typically most people diversify for the to, to, to lower their volatility it doesn't make it incorrect or incorrect it's just risky versus safe okay let's see i think we're done i think we're good I think I taught enough. Was that enough? I'm probably gonna have to repeat all this stuff next week or tomorrow, right? You watch this every day. You feel like you're watching the same show over and over and over again, whatever. If it reinforces, we get new people in, show some stuff off, whatever, right? It's not that hard. There aren't that many things involved in this. It's not that hard. Most of the work is done for you. Sign up for Roto-Grinders Freemium, get the projections, player projections, ownership projections, Slate IQ. This is what I use. It's not like I'm doing anything. It's not like I'm doing anything that people don't have access to. I'm using the same thing. I paid for Roto Grind. I paid before I did this show. Before I was at Roto Grinders. I've been here for just next month. will make two years. I've been a host, contributor to Roto Grinders. I've been playing for five and a half years. Those other three and a half years, I paid for Roto Grinders. (laughs) I used the tools. So it's like, I'm not like saying, oh, I'm the buy this stuff, the stuff that I don't use. It's like, no, I literally, this this is, I'm showing you exactly what I do. I use the same exact things that you could. So click on the link in the description. Hit the thumbs up button. Get $10 off your first month of Roto-Grinders Premium. Go to theoryofdfs.com. Get my 15 hour audio masterclass. Learn about more of these concepts. And uh, we'll see what's happening today. It's a 10 game slate. Pretty, pretty good. Yankees truck again, which means I'll probably have less of it than the field, right? Probably. Let's see. Will the the five-man get there today, right? Will Odor back forth and be in everyone's lineup and disappoint everyone? We'll see. We'll find out tomorrow because I'm here. I'm here every Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning Eastern for the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.